Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome to the show. I'm Martin Willis, your host. I'm really looking forward to this evening. Uh, it's been quite a while since I've had a call-in show. And, uh, you know, I can't do it without you. So I'm so glad you're here. Um, and I'm going to give out a bunch of thank yous out there in just a minute. First of all, a little housekeeping here. Well, you do I missed the blog last week by Charles Lear. So it's easier for me to say it's part one and part two a 1968 UFO incident at Minot uh, Air Base, Air Force Base. It's a really amazing base that involved nuclear weapons and all kinds of things. Uh, check that out on our website, Podcast UFO, and the housekeeping, indeed, just something I want to cover quickly right here, is uh, a lot of you, and I do appreciate it, we have the UAP crossfire uh, over um, on this YouTube channel, and I'm involved with that with three other people, and that's every Thursday night, uh, starting at 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, I've had a lot of comments from that. A lot of people uh, watched, a lot of people liked it. And a number of people have commented that they thought it was uh, getting a little political. And that is something that I want to totally stay away from when it comes to the UFO, UAP topic. So I have addressed that. However, I can't do anything about the two pre-recorded shows already. One comes up uh, this this coming week, uh, Thursday again at 8 p.m. Uh, so there's, you know, a few things in that. And then also on Thanksgiving Day, we recorded for that as well. But uh, the others will be live and uh, we're doing them live here. And on the 16th, it will be live. And uh, Kevin Randall will be filling in for one of the uh, one of the four people that can't make it. I will be there as well. And uh, during the pre-recorded shows, I usually am in chat. So I'm hoping that we'll have some call-ins. Uh, that number I'm going to be putting up here in just a second. Uh, I also want to say this is our uh, 12th anniversary, as close as we can get. It started, I believe it was uh, November 11th, uh, 2011. So we're really close to our 12th anniversary. Next week we'll be past it. So I thought I'd uh, take this opportunity to say uh, thank you to so many people that have made this happen. First of all, uh, I basically want to thank 
everyone that listens. Um, you know, it's there's uh, people all over the world. I, I'm contacted all the time. It's really quite amazing. It's been a great ride these past 12 years. So I really want to thank you, the listener, and all those people who have participated um, over the years. I thank you so much. And all these people that participate with the live show, all the people in chat, I want to thank all of you. It's been uh, really great to see your familiar faces in there uh, every week. And uh, well, familiar icons, I guess I would say. And uh, so anyway, I do appreciate you coming back. Uh, and the new people that come in all the time, I appreciate you also. Um, a lot of people have said to me that it really seems like I've stepped up my game in the UFO topic and the UFO world. And I do appreciate that very much, but I have to attribute it to my very fine producer, Donna. Uh, she has helped so much without her. I wouldn't be doing half the things I'm doing, all the traveling and all that, all the adventures. It's been a blast and she's been great. She's got a really good head on her shoulders as far as guests and, you know, on and on and on. So thank you, Donna, so much. Uh, thanks to Brock. Uh, he helps us by posting on the Facebook page. And there's about 21,000 followers over there. If you want to go over to that, it's on Facebook. It's podcast UFO live shows. And uh, Peggy retired from doing that posting. She was posting for about, I think, maybe seven or eight years. So I want to always say thank you to Peggy for all your hard work. She was posting once or twice a day for like all those years. So thank you to Peggy if you happen to be listening. I want to thank you. I want to thank also to Palmer, who constantly updates me several times a day with a constant flow of non-fringe UFO information. You can't beat that, uh, especially uh, when there's so much, uh, I guess I want to just call it plain fringe out there. So thank you so much. Uh, for all you do, Palmer, it really means a lot to me. Uh, thank you, Bobby, who also informs me of a lot of things. And as a matter of fact, next week's guest, Ronnie Vernet from, is uh, right in Peru, and he's investigating in Peru all of these crazy claims that I'm sure you've heard about, that these villagers are being attacked by, they're calling them aliens, there's things flying and stuff like that. He's been really in the heart of it, really trying to... Uh, find out exactly what's happening. I wouldn't have that guest next week if it wasn't for Bobby. So thank you, Bobby. Thanks to Joe, uh, Jay Hall, and uh, also to Ken. Ken is the one who got me Scott Cassell. And there's so many people that um, I know that I'm forgetting to say, I wanna thank you all. And I'm doing this all because it's my anniversary, but I should thank you more for all that you do. Phil, thank you for all your support and all the connections you have made over the years. So um, let's see. Also, I'm going to try to keep when it's in between calls that are coming and we already have a caller in, but when it's in between callers come, uh, you know, that are in, I am going to look at your questions in chat. So feel free to uh, to pose a question. I'm going to uh, see who we have right now. We have John from New Mexico on the line. Uh, John, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi, John. Can you hear me clearly? This is a kind of where you're the guinea pig here. We're, we're giving you a, a test. Yeah, to make sure. I'm, I'm the test yeah. subject. Yeah. <laughs> so you can hear us. We can hear you fine. So, okay, uh, yeah. Sure. Um, you're, you're, you're a little quiet, but I can hear you. I'm glad you can hear me. 
Okay, well, uh, all right. They'll probably try to work on that. Um, uh, see if uh, Chanel can uh, change that a little bit because I do believe that I'm all clear. Yeah, sounds good on uh, the audio someone said. So anyway, uh, what, what part of New Mexico are you in? Northern New Mexico. Oh, okay. I spent some time in Los Alamos. Uh, my sister lived there with her husband who worked at the laboratory. And uh, I also, uh, yeah, uh, I love, uh, you know, Bandelier and the hiking. It's a beautiful area, beautiful part of the country. So, yeah, let's yeah. hear it. Did you have an encounter? Um, well, I wanted to say thank you. Oh. Um, just for being here for 12 years. And, yeah, I did. But after yeah, all thank that, you. I wanted to say that, too. Yeah. yeah, you're welcome. I mean, I just think it's awesome that you started from just an encounter and you were yeah. so interested and probably just blown away by it yeah. that you decided to pursue this. And I bet this pursuit has blown your mind too. And just- It, it really has. Yeah, it really has yeah. because, uh, you know, the, the one thing I, I never understood or the thing that astonished me is I thought there'd be, you know, I hope no one takes offense to this, but it's my feelings when I first started looking to, oh, they're going to be a bunch of wackos. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I was totally surprised at how many highly intelligent people are looking into yeah. this topic, you know, and I think that we yeah. were all kind of led to feel that way, to feel like, you know, all the way back from the Robertson report back in 1953, make it, make it so everybody's scared to talk about this subject. So, uh, yeah, thank yeah, you for I that. That was intentional. No, you're yeah. welcome. Yeah, I went to a MUFON um, symposium one time, and I kind of thought that. I was like, oh, but I was the weirdest person there. <laughs> Everybody else was wearing, like, suits, and they were all very professional. Uh, oh, that's that's pretty cool. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, yeah, no, just thank you so much, and I'm glad that you've been doing this for 12 years and that you've just been so constant and just so curious and all that. I think it's awesome. Yeah. You know, there was a short time where I thought about, well, maybe I've gone as far as I can. Uh, that was about like five or six years ago. And then I said, what the heck am I thinking? You know, and I'm so glad that I, you know, that was just a brief thought. I think anybody has a thought when they're doing any type of show, because sometimes it was cutting right into my, you know, like I'd be doing an appraisal in Boston and I'd race home to Maine and try to get there by the time the show starts and I'd be, you know, uh, there yeah. were a number of times where I could just barely make it. So, or I think there was a one time when I was late, you know, but uh, so it was hard for sometimes. Now I have a, a more freedom and, uh, and I have two spots in the country. I'm kind of going back and forth between. So it, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, yeah, it's much better now. Well, thank you for being so reliable and just doing all those shows on in hotel rooms and everything. Just yeah, that's right. Put Russia out a lot of content. I don't know if anyone and remembers, but I did the show from Russia many times. So, yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean it's just and it's a lot of information and it's a great resource for people to refer to and learn from and and it's also just a simple podcast. It doesn't have a lot of bells and whistles, but it gets right to the subject matter, and yeah. it's. <laughs> it's just it's it's great. I I appreciate it. Thank you. So let, yeah. yeah, let's hear about your encounter. So I grew up in northern New Mexico. I'm originally from Taos. Um, 
Beautiful. And I always was into this subject. I've always been fascinated by this and everything. And I always wanted to see one. I was super excited. I was like, oh, I just really want to see one, really want to see one. And, um, and I didn't for a really long time. And then one night I was, um, it was kind of funny. I was deep in kind of a breakup conversation with my girlfriend at the time. Uh-oh. And we were yeah. sitting in a car at a, at a playground at night in Santa Fe. And we were facing south um, towards the Sandias, which are the mountain range in Albuquerque. Yeah. And um, we were just talking in this deep conversation. And all of a sudden she looked up and she was like, what's that? And I looked up and it was, it was shaped like a football. Um, but I'm, I was looking at it from the side. So I'm pretty sure it was disc shaped, but you know, from Mm -hmm. the side, it was shaped like a football and it was big and it was moving in between Albuquerque and Santa Fe. It went right over the I-25 that goes Mm. Santa Fe from Albuquerque, but it was high. It was pretty high. I don't know. I'm not really good at guessing that I'm not a pilot or anything, but it was above the clouds, but the clouds weren't super high, but it was big. Um, And the reason why I knew that it was moving real smooth, kind of like uh, air hockey puck, like on an air hockey table, when you slide Mm. the hockey puck across the table, just gliding super smooth, almost like, like, you know, like an Etch-A-Sketch when it, it has that X and Y axis. Like it's on an axis almost Mm. like that's how the, it it was moving just smooth, totally smooth, almost like a computer program smooth, just like a smooth point in the sky. And it was going from West to East and just nice and steady, not super fast. And I was like, Oh my God, it's a UFO. And I was like running around the car all excited because I had always wanted to see one. And, um, and then, she was like, what's that behind it? And there was six planes or jets escorting it. Um, wow. You could see their lights blinking behind it. And now, let me were, say, can you tell me what, remind me what time of day this was? Did you say it was evening? This was at night. Yeah, this was at night. I'm so how could you see the shape out. of it? Was the shape because it was outlined by lights or something? Or no, how did you see the shape? It was a giant glowing football shape. Oh, like glowing. Like Mm. it was glowing reddish Mm -hmm. yellow. Excuse me. Reddish yellow. um, Yeah. More red than yellow and orange kind of. I've never seen a light like that before. And I'm sure you've heard that before. And I've really Mm -hmm. been into this. So I've tried to make sense of a lot of this stuff. And what I think that light was, was an ionization of the atmosphere and nitrogen is the primary element in our atmosphere. And when it ionizes, when it becomes plasma due to a high electric charge, it becomes that color like orange, orangish red. And so that's the color. That was the color of the disc. So it was probably from the propulsion system. Um, and it was just gliding through the air and getting escorted by because the, the planes or the jets behind it had air lights on them, you know, and, and they were blinking and they were lined up like dominoes behind it in a straight line, Jeez. all following it. And it went, you couldn't see them cause it was night, but you could see their blinking lights. But the Did UFO you try to, 
was did you like, try to get a shot of it in any type of way? I'm sorry, to, I didn't mean to step over. It was, no, it was before. It was before like cell phones were really. Oh, I got it. Stuff. it yeah. Was, Mm-hmm. It was back like in 2007 like or six or something. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was big because when you compared the lights of the planes to the UFO, the planes were kind of like dots compared to it. So it was at least mm-hmm. like 300 feet long yeah. or bigger. Um, and it was just this big glowing football orb that just went across the sky over the I-25 and then went east and disappeared behind some clouds over there and but it was being followed it was being escorted and there was at least six um planes or you know aircraft behind it with their with their lights flashing and yeah it was it was pretty awesome and I have encounters but I don't know yeah Yeah. I have this yeah um, were there other people around you happen to know that witnesses or do you think you were the only one in that particular area? Just me and my girlfriend it, or my ex-girlfriend. It was a, and a, and a, uh, just a playground at night. Like we were in the parking lot of a playground at night. So there was, it was a neighborhood, but you know, it was night people were inside and I didn't, but I've, I've, I've had other um, sightings where other people have seen it too. Hmm. And yeah, so I'm, I've always been into this. Like I lived out, um, have you heard of Rachel, Nevada? Yes. Yeah. I worked at the little alien. Oh my goodness. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. What? (laughs) Right there. Right, right near area 51 and all that. Yeah. Yeah, Right at the foothills, right at the doorstep. Yeah. And I've seen some stuff out there too. I bet. So I'm going to try to keep the calls to a certain amount of time. It's been really great talking to you. And I, Guess when you said it was your ex-girlfriend, the UFO did not rescue your relationship. So I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, no, it's okay. (laughs) Shit happens. Pardon my language. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Okay. So thank you so much. It's been really a pleasure talking to you, John. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Have a good day. All right. You too. All right. uh, So we have someone else coming up, uh, George from uh, Hawaii. Um, Now, George, are you there? Aloha. Can you hear me, sir? Aloha. Welcome. Uh, so it's an what? honor to talk with you. My yeah. goodness. Well, great. Uh, George, thanks so much for calling in. Uh, it's early there right now, isn't it? Isn't it like uh, what time in the afternoon is it there? Yes, sir. It's about 2.15 in the afternoon. Right, right. So not... Everyone can join, you know, during like work hours. So thank you for uh, for calling in. So uh, you have a, a question I see about. Uh, did you, did you have anything else you wanted to add or anything besides the question? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I'd just like to uh, congratulate you on you know a decades long uh, quest or journey to uncover the truth and the nature and explore the phenomena and. You know, what I really like about your approach is that you focus on experiencers and, you know, how they've come to reflect on whatever it is that they, they've been through. And you offer mm. like, a really great space for, for people to share um, their experience with the phenomena. I, and I think that's super noteworthy. Well, thank and, you. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you about your legacy especially, you know, since that you have a lot of uh, visibility on 
different social media platforms. I wanted to uh, inquire about some of the things that you've learned from talking with so many people from luminaries to regular folk to professionals. Like what have you learned about yourself and any experiences that you've had directly with the phenomena? And how does that kind of compare and contrast with um, some of the uh, commonalities and differences that uh, you hear about when people share their stories with you? Yeah, thank you for that. Um, well, I guess if I would have to say what I've learned about myself uh, with all the people that I talk to is that um, how little that I really know. I know that might sound kind of corny or whatever, but I just feel it's been a great awakening. You know, um, what I've also learned that there are so many theories of what we're experiencing. Um, and I think they're all fascinating. And I can't say that there's any one of them that I would say there's no such thing is happening. You know, that there's nothing that I have heard on my shows over these, uh, you know, 500 and some on, well, it's been a lot more guests than that because I've had multiple guests on some shows. So, you know, maybe 600 guests or something over the years um, is that uh, there's uh, fascinating ways to try to figure this out. But I don't believe that um, that anyone has the real answer all the way through. I think that people may have uh, touched on what is happening and for things could be followed to figure out a little bit more. But I really, really think that we really know little uh, of what's going on around us all the time in regards to most of reality. I know that sounds bizarre, but it makes me wonder sometimes. I talked about on uh, when I was on Dave Foley's show recently, um, the I talked about a poltergeist experience that I had that it really did happen to me personally. I saw it with my own eyes. I experienced it and it was like, so it just makes me think, you know, reflecting on all that plus everything I've heard about UFOs all these years that there's just so little that we really do know. Um, oh. You had a multi-part question. So I don't know if I even answered one of that part, but, uh, <laughs> But uh, if you want to throw, you know, like uh, a part that I missed to me, uh, I can try to answer that as well. Sure, I appreciate it. I wanted to get your thoughts on, I guess, certain types of uh, schools of thought in, in terms of ufology where, you know, you have different, you know, I hate to use this word, factions that believe that the phenomena is benevolent. It's looking at for best interests or that it's indifferent or maybe not so righteous also, you know, with all these other cases where people seemingly are, are getting accosted or abducted or attacked, for instance, in Peru. Based off of your research and what you've come to understand in terms of the multifaceted aspect of how the phenomena uh, presents itself, what do you believe the intent might possibly be at this point in your journey? Hmm. Yeah, um, I would have to say, you know, that I, I'm going to have to answer this in a similar way that I really do not know 
Uh, I just have to answer something quickly to the radio producer. Okay. Um, that I really do not know. You know, I think, uh, and I've said this a number of times on this show, like a lot of times we think in human terms for whatever these non-human, if that's what they are, uh, entities or whatever is that's uh, piloting these things. Uh, so we have to try to, you know, when we're trying to figure it out with our human brain, we may not be able to figure out their intentions because maybe they're thinking in a whole different way than we are. Um, and so I think there's a possibility that they are indifferent more than anything else. But uh, I do think that if they were malevolent, that we would know certainly a lot, a lot more things would be happening than people have reported. I know there are some people that have reported uh, many things that have happened, you know, uh, like in Brazil when there was injuries and things like that and a possible uh, shoot, no, I mean, a, a downing of a, a plane. And also I'm trying to remember the, the young guy's name that supposedly in Australia that it begins with a V, I think, where uh, he thinks, you know, people think his plane was abducted by, you know, a UFO, that type of, that type of uh, Valentic, Valentic, I think it is. Anyway, uh, so I think we're we're trying to approach it from the way we think, and I don't I don't think that's the answer. Um, I think that uh, we just uh, you know maybe it will be shown to us at some point sooner or later. But uh, right now I, I don't know. I, I posted a clip on this YouTube on my YouTube channel that I thought was really interesting, and I bring it up in one of the uh, crossfire. Uh, debates that we have coming up. And that is uh, Jack Wiener from the Allagash incident said that he was shown by this entity somewhere in the cosmos that there's a high, really high level of intelligence and they got through that way through as bizarre as it sounds and it was hard for him to say it, but that they got that way through unconditional love. And I thought that was really a fascinating thing for him to say. Um, you know, I mean, I don't, uh, we certainly don't have that. We don't have that gene here on this planet, you know, with all the friction and all the things that are happening. So I don't know, maybe that is how a, uh, a species moves ahead by accepting each other basically. Um, uh, but interesting. So, uh, I'm rambling <laughs> and, uh, I don't know if you have any more questions or if I'm even close to answering any of yours, we do have another caller coming up. Uh, but uh, anything you, else? Very much. Yeah. Well, yeah. last question, and, and maybe yeah. you, you could kind of summarize this in a nutshell, but what do you think of the mental health care system in America, especially when it comes to experiencers who may not necessarily be aware of the lore or the history of, of ufology and all the phenomena? And, you know, they have an encounter and then they go see a psychiatrist and they're given a label such as schizophrenia yeah. or psychosis or delusion, they're, then they're put on a heavy dosage of psychotropics and, you know, they're convinced that they're crazy. What yeah. Do you think I don't know if that's, if that, we could expect that to always be like that, but I, I know there is a problem and that, that can be a problem. And I think, you know, people need to be heard. Um, you know, things are, or uh, things like this happen when there's uh, 
something that's unacceptable or there's fear issues or whatever, and they don't know how to handle things. So yeah, drug them up. Uh, we don't want to deal with this or put a label on them. So I, I think it's, you know, really nothing we can do about it as a whole. I don't think, I know uh, Jay Christopher Williamson, who was on this show, is doing uh, a lot as far as that goes. Try, he has a support group. He was on this show, I don't know, maybe a month or two ago. And uh, so there there are people that are trying to change that out there, which I think is cool. Yeah. Thank you for the insight, sir. All right. Thank you, George. I really appreciate it. It was really nice talking to you. Okay. So just a, a couple of things. We do have someone else uh, on uh, from Pennsylvania. Uh, Joni is from Pennsylvania, and uh, she's coming up in a minute, I think. Uh, are you there, Joni? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes, I'm here. Hi, Joni. Nice, nice to talk to you. Yep. And uh, so you're in Pennsylvania where a lot of things go on in your state. You know, my question is, who is your favorite guest? Oh, my goodness. Ah, boy. Well, I don't know if I'd upset, you know, people. I got to tell you, the, the guest I had recently, um, and he's, there's so much has happened to him, for him, in a positive way since he's been on this show, uh, was Scott Cassell just uh, recently, just a few shows ago. Um, I have had uh, a whole bunch of audio downloads and a whole bunch of emails and and uh, television company contacting me and uh, um, uh, because of his his great, you know, he, he was just great on my show and his incident was really amazing. And uh, I, I just had such an interest in the underwater thing anyway. So uh, anyone can look that up. That's uh, Scott Cassell. He was a uh, USO incident that he talked about here about two or three weeks ago here on YouTube and uh, my podcast. So I would say he was right up near the top. Now I do have my favorites. I love to have, you know, certain people on. I've had uh, um, over a, a bunch of times, you know, that uh, I really enjoy a lot. But uh, but he was, he was, I would have to say he was right up there, <laughs> you know, in at least the top two or three. Now I think Selma Siddick uh, from the Ariel incident uh, she was one of my very favorites, very articulate and uh, an incredible story. But um, but uh, it's it's really it's really been uh, really really interesting meeting all these fascinating people. Anything else? Well, that's all. Happy anniversary. Oh well, thank you very Bye. much. Okay, Joni. Okay, thank you. So the lines are currently wide open. I'm going to go in to look in the. Uh, and let's see who we have in chat. See if anyone has any questions in chat. Oh, thank you, uh, Bo, for the nice.
donation. Thank you for that. And uh, let's see. Uh, Sean Kirkpatrick is stepping down. People have been talking about that. And that is, uh, I think that's probably going to be a good thing. Um, but here's the thing about that. And I noticed uh, James Fox posted on X, the, uh, I guess we have to call it X instead of Twitter, the other day that Chris Mellon should take his place. Wouldn't that be nice? But And I would tell you that would be nice for a few different reasons. One of them, we would find out through Chris, I really truly think we would find out through Chris, if it's some puppet master kind of controlling things, which is what I actually do believe. Maybe I'm being a conspiracy theorist a little bit, but um, I do believe that uh, with what I've seen has gone on uh, with uh, the AARO uh, since it's been established that I do believe they're not being transparent. And a few different things I've talked to, for instance, Mario Woods, I was really shocked to hear that, uh, you know, when he was interviewed, he did his testimony. I don't believe Kirkpatrick was even involved and he talked on the phone. It wasn't even through like, I mean, everyone uses Zoom. You could at least have a face-to-face, -face, but nope, it was just through audio on the phone, that type of thing. So I think that it hasn't been totally, tr I know it hasn't, that, uh, that AARO has not been transparent. I know that for a fact. I say that for a fact because uh, Kirkpatrick has uh, rebutted many things that people have told him. People have told me they have told him, and he will say, you know, uh, that this didn't happen, that didn't happen. Uh, he says David Grush did not try to reach out to him, and I do believe David Grush actually did. Uh, you know, I mean, there was a lot of things, and a lot of people have been wanting him to step down, um, and he is, and now we'll find out uh, the new person, whoever the new person will be, I think we'll find out whether um, there's a puppet master taking care of things behind the scenes, and that person is supposed to just go along with whatever, just like J. Allen Hynek did years ago in Project Blue Book. Um, this could be another play just down, down the road. Uh, anyway, let's see what, who we have here. We have, is it just a question? Okay. Uh, Ken from Massachusetts. I think we have Ken on the line. Hey, Martin. Yay. Hey, Ken, how are you? What part of Massachusetts are you from? Uh, the Southeast part. Uh -huh. I was, uh, uh born in Boston my t myself, but, uh, yeah. Oh, cool. But yeah, uh, so welcome to the show. Thank you. And um, I'm glad that you enjoyed that uh, guy I referenced. As soon as I heard her story, I'm like, oh man, you got to get him on, Martin. That guy's fantastic. Scott Castle, oh, he's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he, he, was, he um, was, yeah. My question for you, I don't want to take up too much time. What? You know, uh, when they had the shoot down of those objects, yeah. at, uh, the Chinese spy balloon over Alaska, yeah, and they had, a, they had um, the closed door meetings with the government officials, and I think the Senator Kennedy came out and he had the, um, the comment of "lock your doors at night." 
And it was very scary in that context. And then also Rose, Ross Coltot comes out saying, you know, there's a dark secret behind it. And, you know, I've been following this for years and I, I, you know, like, oh, just released info. But then I actually get scared and like anxiety about that. I'm like, I wonder if the secret is so horrible and that's why they're not releasing it. And my question to you is, and I'll hang up to get the, listen to the answer is, what do you think the dark secret is? Any inkling or people telling you something what it might be no uh you don't have to particularly hang up I, I, there's no one you know waiting at this very moment right. um so uh you know i i saw that uh i i watched uh ross coldheart um you know talk about this the other day about that particular one where they should have very well been able to figure out how to retrieve it, where it was, and at the time of day, and the location, and all that, and they they just are not, you know, getting giving that information out, uh, you know. And there are a couple of thoughts you could have a thought, uh, you know. Well, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, this thing is just something that they wouldn't even care to to see what it was, or you know, I mean, or um, is this something that you know, another thing that they're trying to hide. I, I don't know. Uh, it, uh, I was actually underneath the Chinese balloon when it was shot down in Myrtle Beach. I took uh, these pictures right here, uh, which was quite amazing. I, I, for those of the people that didn't hear this before, I stepped out of my car in Myrtle Beach and a real estate agent said, oh, there's a Chinese balloon up there. And I said, yeah, it looks just like it. He said, no, it is it. And I had just been on a cruise in the Caribbean and I didn't know, all I knew it was in like Montana somewhere. I didn't know it had floated over to the East Coast. And uh, as soon as I stepped out of the car, the fighter jet came and shot it right in front of my eyes. <laughs> so that was pretty incredible. You know, that is like hitting the Powerball, but you're at that <laughs> exact spot when it happens. It was crazy. It was, uh, it was really amazing because I heard you know, from uh, someone that I knew that they were sitting like for watching the thing for hours and they got bored and went in the house and then it got shot down. <laughs> after. Oh, that's so, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't really know enough about I haven't heard enough about that to give a good, you know, educated guess on what is going on with those things that were shot down. Those other things that were shot down. I do think that uh, the, it, it is rather odd there hasn't been some type of a recovery process to figure out, you know, what, what it is. You know, I think that's really uh, odd. Did you see, so. it was some guy that was working way out in Alaska near where it was shot down, and he was doing videos on YouTube every day about the planes going over. Oh. Even updates. Oh, yeah. If you look that up, look up um, – just, I forgot where he was in Alaska, but he was near it, and they, he could see the planes flying over, and he would record them every day. Going Do you happen to know what type of planes they were? If these were, if these were oh, military they were, planes, they looked like, yeah, they're one hundred percent military planes, and they had yeah. two. It had like a tanker, almost like a C five type, right? And they had two lines coming up, which must be refueling lines off the wing, yeah. uh -huh. and there was two like Blackhawks behind it. Uh, if I see it, I'm going to send it to you, the video. Yeah, sure. It went out there searching. Yep. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Um, so that really makes me wonder about that. But anyway, uh, Ken, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Okay. Bye-bye.
All right, bye now. Okay, now we have Derek from California. Derek, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, how are you? Um, I'm doing well. Um, well, I have to ask you what part of California are you from? I'm from the Bay Area. Near oh, Texas. I lived in uh, Marin County. Oh, that's for nine years. For me. <laughs> yep. Beautiful area. That, that's out of my uh, pay, pay rate. Uh, I'm in the East Bay, by the oh, way. Oh, yes. I worked in the East Bay. Yep. In Oakland. Uh, yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm more east of that. <laughs> uh -huh. That's fine. Well, welcome to the show. The poor people, out, the poor people live out east. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, on my birthday two years ago, um, I was uh, visited by a, what I would call a purple disc of solid light that acts as an Einstein-Rosen bridge. It's a very hyphenated um, noun or adjective, if you will. Um, mm. uh, until that moment, I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe in UFOs. I didn't believe in alien visitation. I mean, I believed in the Drake equation, and I even taught the Drake equation, uh, mostly to shut up my fifth graders. <laughs> I turned it into an Excel uh, project and taught them how to program their own pacifier so they would leave me alone. <laughs> and because um, uh, I just really, I wasn't going to entertain that kind of thinking. And mm -hmm. then two years ago, I was visited um, and it changed my entire perspective on things. And um, it was with me for over 20 minutes. The woman I was dating, my wife and I had separated during COVID. And the woman I was dating, um, she could not see what I called fireflies coming out of the wall. I later discovered through them, through their help, that, that it wasn't fireflies. It was actually photons I was seeing. And... Uh, um, quite beautiful. Um, they weren't coming out all at once. Uh, was one at a time. Um, but um, they came out of the wall. And they would stream out like they were trying to get away from something. And then they would hook back and then just not be there anymore. They didn't like uh, burst or anything. They just were there and then not there. And now, what, not what, where are you talking? I'm trying. I'm a little bit confused here. Just sure. Uh, so you had this purple colored, uh, like okay. UFO. About if you watch the first, if you watch season four, uh, season four, episode six, what a Mesa on Skinwalker Ranch, you can see it. See a That's similar like thing? Identical. Yeah. It was identical to that. Okay. Now, but you're talking about these things coming out of the wall. What is that? They were photons. Uh, out of what wall? You where you uh, were? Hotel. I was in a hotel room in Salida, California. Sorry. Uh, okay. I, I'm a little nervous talking about this, so uh, I'm kind of jumping around. I, I we went to a, a costume party. It was on my birthday. We went to a costume party. Um, I had a lightsaber. One was per on one end. It was purple. The other was gold. While I was doing bojutsu, the Shaolin style of bojutsu, um, the gold shot off, but the purple remained. We later went back to the hotel room. 
And uh, I took a shower and then I was relaxing on the bed and I was lying next to the wall next to the that connected to the bathroom. And I kept I was looking what I thought was fireflies. And my girlfriend looked at me and she said, what are you looking at? And I said, is um, uh, the hotel rooms in Salida? Is this a thing where fireflies somehow get into the hotel room? And she thought I was joking because most of the time I do joke around. Uh, I wasn't joking. And I was watching what I thought was fireflies. They weren't. Later on, um, they, they, the extraterrestrials, helped me figure it out that that was not fireflies. Those were photons. Hmm. And um, so there was a gravity well. Um, and I was witnessing them streaming out and, and, and gravity was pulling them back. And that's why they would hook back and then disappear. Eventually, the, the fireflies or the photons, if you will, stopped coming. And my girlfriend stepped out of the shower and she said, are your fireflies gone? And I go, yeah, the last one just went out. And so I turned off the lights and... Um, I turned around, I was on the other side of the hotel room when I did this, I turned off the lights and I turned around and the same wall where the photons were flying out, uh, it was replaced by a purple disc. At first it was amorphous, it looked like a kidney bean. Uh, and then it finally came into full views. And um, yeah, it was about the size of a volleyball, 30 centimeters in diameter. And um, at first it was solid purple and I immediately went into EMT mode and did a physical assessment with my eyes. One of the things I noticed was it was extremely bright, but it did not shine and it did mm. not illuminate on surrounding objects. And um, um, that's when it changed blue from purple to blue. And I'm, re I'm at first I thought my girlfriend had a laser of some kind. Huh. And uh, I even said, are, are you fracking with me? Are yeah. fracking with me? Okay. And she All said, right. no. And I pulled back to the covers and she didn't have anything. And um, Okay. Eventually, we have, we have just a little time left and some other callers sure. to get. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to. I'm gonna have no, to no, no. That's okay. Yeah. I just wanted to reach out and see if anyone else had seen the same thing, experienced yeah. the same thing as I had. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. Okay, next we have uh, Ted from South Carolina. Uh, Ted, welcome to the show. Yeah, Martin, first time caller. Well, so thank you. It's been a long time since I've had a call in a call in show. Where in uh, what part of South Carolina are you from? I'm in the Midlands, South Carolina. Oh, you know, I'm a, a part time now a resident of uh, the Bluffton area. You know, Hilton Head. So I don't know oh, okay. how far away we are. But anyway, uh, welcome to the show. Thank I'm, you for calling. I'm, I'm near Lake Murray. Okay, yes. Yep. Yep. Beautiful area. I have one yep. question for you. I've been wanting to ask you for some time. I've been listening to your show for about six years now. But oh, great. I'm the same age as Calvin Parker. And I hate I missed. I want always oh. one man that I always wanted to meet uh, and, and didn't yeah. get a chance to meet him before he passed. Yeah. But my question is about is about the Pinturk incident. It seemed to be so interesting to me, and I haven't heard any more updates. Uh, have you heard anything? 
Okay. Now, I'm sorry. I For some reason, I couldn't quite catch what you were saying. Could you say that again? Oh, I'm, I was asking the question about the Pinturk incident in Wales. Oh, the, over in England. Yeah. Yes. Cass Clark. Cass Clark. Yes, I had her on the show quite a while ago. Maybe it's been four years now. Uh, you know, I was in touch with her recently, and I can't re really remember why. Um, you know, she's still uh, going pretty strong. I know she's got a lot of support now. Uh, but no, I haven't heard of any updates. That was, uh, that's quite a, overall, that's quite a, an incident. If it's uh, all true, the things that have, that were happening there. And I remember her being very upset because she felt that, you know, whatever it was, was being, uh, you know, bombed or hurt or whatever. I can't really remember. But no, I don't, I don't have anything. I haven't heard. Um, of any updates on the case itself, only, you know, my, I would say within the last three or four months, I had uh, a back and forth email with her. And that's, that's about it at this point. Well, that's all the questions I had. I just wanted to check in and see if there was anything else going on over there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to know uh, more about that. Maybe it's something I should actually revisit. So, uh, so thank you very much. Um, I think we do have, uh, I think that's it. Um, and uh, Ted, thank you so much. And I think that's going to be it for our callers. We have, you know, just three or four minutes left. I don't know if we could squeeze another caller in or not. Uh, we could do that. But one thing I did forget when I was so happy thanking all these people that help out with the show, I forgot to thank the supporters of the show. And there's a lot of them that support me in, in many ways, and a lot of them through Patreon, and I want to thank everyone that does that. And I have people from way back, many years ago, that are still supporting me through PayPal, and I want to thank all of those people as well. Uh, you know, there are expenses for the show, uh, travel expenses, and then there's uh, the blogs, there's, you know, the graphics that I have done, and and all the, uh, all the things that I do, the, all the traveling. So there are expenses, and I do appreciate uh, do appreciate that. Let me just take a look at the questions and see if there's anyone that has posted any questions with the few minutes that we have left here. And uh, someone just said something about Chris Mellon. Uh, yeah, we have five minutes. So I don't know if anyone would like to call in really quickly, uh, but I'm going to look through chat. If someone wants to call in real quick and just be on there for a couple minutes, we can take your call. Still, if you'd like, and that phone number is right up on the screen, 855-472-5483. And I'm looking through the chat, and uh, thank you all for showing up today. And thank you for the callers as well. I'm not seeing any questions that really jump out. Calvin Parker, uh, which this uh, Ted had just mentioned, uh, we did lose him, you know, uh, this summer, late summer, I believe. And uh, I was lucky enough to spend some time with him and his wife, uh, Waynette, and I really, uh, really enjoyed his company. He was such a fine gentleman, and I got to tell you, he was hilarious, uh, really, really funny. When he, he got up, I suggested him for a talk in Phoenix, and he did the talk there, and he was really had the people roaring with some of the comments that he made. Uh, let's see. So, uh, oh, John is on again from New Mexico. Why not? Let's bring him back. We got 
three minutes, John. I don't know what you can say in three minutes, but hey, John, you're back. What do you have you can fill up three minutes with? Hello again, Martin. Hello. To get into, might as well take advantage of the call-in show while you can. So That's right. I yeah. want to get back to Area 51 and um, when I was working out at Rachel. So I've seen some interesting things out there. Um, it's definitely a top-secret testing facility for aircraft, but as well as exotic um, craft. Yep. And I've seen definitely seen things in the in the sky. Some things they look like stars off in the distance, but they're in the atmosphere and they'll move and then they'll disappear, and then they'll reappear in another spot and they'll move and they'll disappear and then they'll reappear. But one mm. of the most interesting encounters that I saw out there, and I had other people see that, but one of the most interesting encounters I've seen out there, kind of an orangish light, um, reddish orange. But um, the one that I saw was uh, I was out at night, and one of the people that lived out there, she can tell when they're doing interesting tests out there. Um, there was like a weird uh, atmosphere in the air. And I looked up at the sky, and it was night. The moon was out, and there's these things swirling around in the sky, um, bluish green. It looked like when you're looking at a petri dish under a microscope, hmm. and there's these multiple little um, things, you know, like bacteria swirling around in a petri dish. Hmm. They were doing that in the sky. These multiple little things of light, strings of light, bluish green, and I think they were dipping in and out of the atmosphere and just swirling around by the moon. And it was kind of hard to describe because it was kind of hard to believe, but I'm really glad that I got to see that because I'm really into this stuff. And I'm definitely pretty, well, I'm pretty sure they were doing testing that night and they still do out there, but they also do it out at Dugway. I'm sure they have some just unbelievable things, but I've been in kind of a debate with one of the people I'm in the UAP crossfire, by the way, everyone, one more time, it's every Thursday night at 8 PM here on this YouTube channel. Um, that Heath is totally convinced that the Tic Tac, the 2004 Tic Tac off yeah. of San Diego was is man-made. Yep. And I do not agree with him. I will never agree with him about that with all the characteristics. Huh. So, but I do know yeah, that, I don't know. yeah, out there at Area 51, I'm sure we have some really weird stuff, but I really, I can't really think that we have the, uh, the things that could stay together with such G-forces and, and, and all that. But uh, yeah, we're, we're all set for the show tonight. We have to wrap here because uh, KGRA has to move on. But uh, thank you so much for calling back in, John. Mass cancellation, field propulsion. Have a good night and thank you. All right. Take care. All right. All right, everyone. So we will be back next week. Uh, it's Ronnie Vernay. He is down in Peru. Um, he English is his second language. Um, I have not spoken to him on the phone. I do want to ahead of the show, but uh, he'll be on and it should be a very interesting show. And we have a lot of great guests coming up. So we're here every Tuesday at seven to eight or longer PM Eastern time. And thank you so much, everyone. Again, it's been uh, really a pleasure to be doing this for 12 years. And I want to thank all of you out there and remember to keep your eyes to the sky.